0: Welcome back to the Little Seal English Podcast. I wasn't here last week. I took a bit of a break. Because my wife left me. I'm all alone. Now, she only left me for six weeks. But this is the first time in, like, seven years that we've been apart this long. Not gonna lie, it's a little bit weird. But this podcast is not going to talk about that. I'll save that for a catch-up with Ronin, which I might record in a while. But this podcast is all about ideas. All about how to use idea in English. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. So, I have no idea what this podcast will be about. I do not have The slightest idea, the foggiest idea, the faintest idea of what this podcast will be about. My name's Ronan and I often come up with half-baked ideas for podcasts. But this is actually not a half-baked idea. This is a fully formed idea. And this idea just came to me. No, it didn't. This idea came to me a long time ago, and the topic of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen and people, is ideas and how to use idea in English. Now, I've been talking for about a minute. I'd love for you to go back and count how many times I said idea in that opening 30, or opening 60 seconds, because I'm sure it's a huge amount. Alright, so we all know how to use idea in terms of I don't know, I have no idea, he has no idea. Why are you asking Ronan anything? He has no idea of anything at all, for example. So to have no idea is pretty straightforward and it just means I don't know. I know zilch about the topic. But there's a lot of Advanced phrases, idioms, etc., that we can use with idea, and we're going to cover a few of them right now. So, in the opening segment, there, the opening minute, I said, I don't have the slightest, faintest, or foggiest idea. And that is a standard collocation with idea. You can have no idea, and it means you don't know. But if you don't have the slightest idea, It means you really, really, really one million percent don't know. If you don't have the faintest idea, you are letting the person know what level of not knowing you're at. And right now you're at the highest level and same with the foggiest idea. I do not have the foggiest idea how blah, 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 how they did it. So to not have the slightest, the faintest, or the foggiest idea. Three superlatives. That means you got zero clues. Someone shouldn't be talking to you about it. Alright, that was quick. That was number one. But let's look at number two. And this is a good one. I want you to think about a person who influenced you, positive or negative, doesn't matter. I want you to think about a time when you influenced another person. Can you see that person? Can you remember that time? I want you to think about a time when someone suggested something and you went along with it without, say, fully thinking. Did it end positively or negatively? If you manipulate a person, you kind of coerce them into doing something but you don't want them to know they're being manipulated. And if that is the case, you are putting ideas into a person's head. So number two is to put ideas into a person's head. So don't you go off and put ideas into his head, okay? Okay. That's a very common Irish one right there, ladies and gentlemen and people. Don't you go and put ideas in someone's head. That's something that we do say a lot in Ireland. I guess this one hits home. (laughs) So I have a friend from home. I'm not going to mention who they are. Not that they would be listening, but identity. (laughs) And um, this friend always put bad ideas into my head. You know, the first time I smoked a joint was with this friend. The first time I drank beer was with this friend. A lot of firsts happened with this friend. And this friend always put ideas in my head. I don't regret them (laughs) by any means at all. So if um, a person comes up to you and says something ridiculous, something stupid, something that you don't believe they originally thought of, That's when you can say, hey, dude, who put that idea into your head? Don't go saying stuff like that. Who put that in your head? So the short one, who put that in your head? The common one, who put that idea in your head? Can you imagine you have, like, a leader in your country? And, you know, quite often you have a a ruler or a leader, but the people below them, run the show and call the shots mostly. Well, someone might put ideas in the ruler's head. You know, we need to get new advisors for the president. His current advisors are putting all crazy ideas in his head or in her head. So it can be used mostly in the negative sense. Who put that idea in your head? Can you imagine? Oh, here's a great example. The United States military, absolutely perfect example of putting ideas into people's heads. I've been to the US a few times and it is very evident that they're very, very proud of their military and so much so that everywhere you go, you see recruitment ads and you see veteran symbols everywhere because a lot of people in the United States have been in the military. It's like a hobby for them at this stage. And what I always, I can't get over is when you have an 18 year old and they're just so eager to go to war, so eager to join the army. And I often thought, who put that idea into their heads? Well, it's simple. Everyone. Everyone put that idea into their head. Like, when you go there and you look around, you, you, you can see the military aspect to a lot of features. And you can see people saluting others or thanking others thanking others for their service or something like that. So it's no surprise that the idea of joining the military is put into people's heads. You know, if you're young and 18, you probably shouldn't go to war. You should probably try to get a job, go to school or something like that. But no, a lot of people have an idea put in their heads that it's honourable to join the military. For me, it is incredibly far-fetched. For me, it is just incredibly fucked up, to be honest. But, different culture, different folks, different strokes, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I always find that fascinating any time I've been to the US. The amount of people who have a very positive attitude to it and have an idea that, like, this is good. And they will put the idea into other people's heads, too. It's like, come on, man, let's go serve our country. Can't buy a beer in this country, but we can go kill people in another for our government. Talk about a fucked up situation. All right. So to put an idea into a person's head is to coerce them or to make them think about something. And to hopefully not get caught, I guess, is another aspect of it. You know, if you put an idea into someone's head, you don't want to... um, be found out because it it can often be seen as manipulation inception the the literal idea of putting an idea in the literal meaning of putting an idea into a person's head or the literal example watch the movie inception that's your homework with Killian Murphy great actor and Leonardo DiCaprio some small name Hollywood star um but in that movie, they're literally trying to put an idea into a person's head. It's like it's a crazy movie. It's pretty good. But that is what I would recommend you to watch to understand putting an idea into a person's head. So actually, let's talk about the positive way we can use it. Because I was just looking at my notes and I like this um I love this use of to put an idea into a person's head. Don't put ideas into my head. Now listen to the way I said it. Don't put ideas into my head, please. I'm not angry. I'm almost like, it's humorous when I say it like that. So can you imagine you're hanging out with your friend on a Friday, and they just say, I'd love a beer. And you can turn and say, Oh, don't put ideas into my head. My wife is the worst. Absolute worst. So, like, I I have no problem teasing myself about food. Like, I'll walk around and I'll think about a cheeseburger all fucking day, but I won't actually eat it. And I'll just be thinking, God, I would murder a cheeseburger right now. But the moment I put the idea into my wife's head, it has to fucking happen. She has to get the burger. It's not that she can just turn off the idea. No, as soon as I put the idea into her head, we have to go get something. Sometimes I use it to my advantage, of course. I'll walk past her and I'll just say, Oh God, lovely day for a beer. And behind me, I know she's listening. And I know that the wheel <laughs> just started moving in her head. The plan has is in motion. So that's like a funny example of how to use it. I put ideas into my wife's head. Like I'll walk past her and I'll just say ice cream. I'll walk past her. I'll say beer. I'll walk past her and I'll say something like that. And I'm putting the idea in her head. And she can't say no at that point. As soon as it happens, she'll be fixated on it. Probably because she has ADHD and I'm totally taking advantage of her. (laughs) It's all fun. So the how I started talking about that was your friend suggests going for a beer or even just says beer. And if you say it like, oh, man, don't put ideas in my head. It's very similar to saying, don't threaten me with a good time, baby. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, God damn, he's putting ideas in my head. And well, here we go. Or if um, you're hanging out with a group of friends and it's early in the day, too early for a drink. And, you know, you just say to your friends, oh, beer would be nice soon. And that's how you first do it. You know, you have to be tactical how you put ideas into people's heads in a non-negative in a non way. You know, you have to be very tactful. Not very tactful, but you can just be like, hey, wouldn't a beer be nice today? Or you don't even say that. You say, oh, great day for a beer. And then you've put the idea into their head, and then you must nurture the idea. (laughs) You You have to come back to it and suggest it a few more times, perhaps. So overall, to put an idea into a person's head can be negative or positive, mostly negative. But if you're like me and you want to take advantage of a person, and if I want ice cream or a pizza or a burger, I'll just say it a few times around my wife and I'll put the idea into her head. And then she'll be the one that eventually demands we get it. So I'm innocent. It's wonderful. Am I gaslighting my wife? I don't know. All right, moving on. I'm sorry in advance for how this sounds. I'll explain after. Okay, ladies and gentlemen and people. We're going to talk about a half-baked idea. A half-baked idea is used to describe an idea that wasn't fully thought through. It's used to describe an idea that wasn't planned and is probably going to end in failure. So I am a language instructor. I teach English to people. That's my goal. My goal is to empower people. My goal is to help people, well, at my job, my goal is to help people obtain the academic English they need to attend university in Canada. Privately, I do a whole bunch of other teaching. But I've had some half-baked ideas over the last while. I've had some ideas where I want to launch a course, and I tried to launch a course, and it failed miserably because it was only a half-baked idea. I did not plan the course thoroughly enough. I didn't advertise it enough. Now we use the adjective half-baked plus noun for many different things. It was a half-baked course. You know, it was a course that I hadn't fully thought through. I didn't really have a launch or anything. And uh, lo and behold, it didn't really go very well. But that's fine because it was a half-baked idea. I really need to work on it. It has potential. But unless I actually do something, it's only going to remain a half-baked idea. I have millions of half-baked ideas of how to make money or how to get fit. But implementing them is the challenging part. Now, maybe if I worked harder on them and planned them better, they wouldn't be half-baked. They would actually be legitimate plans. You know, they would actually be things and ideas that could come through, come true. God, those TH sounds are difficult for Irish people. I'll have you know that right now, in Ireland, the TH sound often comes out. So, yeah, sometimes it happens to me. Oh, well. Anyways, here are some examples with a half-baked idea. Ronan went on vacation to Thailand, but his idea was half-baked. He didn't look up currencies. He didn't look up a place to live. He didn't look up anything. And he had a miserable time. Number two. Oh, look at this. Another half-baked idea from our government. Surprise, surprise. Three. What is this terrible half-baked idea you've come up with? If you really Want to propose something? Do your fucking research first. Can you imagine you're at work and someone has a plan or an idea for you? And they suggest it, and it's fucking terrible? Well, you don't want to say, this idea is fucking terrible. You could try to be a little more polite, but also affirmative by saying, wow, this is a little half-baked. Okay, that's a bit of a half-baked idea. Can you develop it more? Can you research it more? It's definitely negative to say that, though. So just remember, that's that's me being reserved instead of saying, this is fucking pathetic. That's a little bit half-baked, to be polite. Um, okay, any other examples with half-baked idea? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Just think about a person who you know who comes up with a lot of different half-baked ideas. Think about a um, a plan by your government that was half-baked and didn't succeed. Perhaps it was a road. Perhaps it was some sort of infrastructure they wanted to build, but it was only a half-baked idea and it never went anywhere. Surely, your school has done something. I remember when I was in school. The school always had half baked ideas on stupid policies, and they would try to implement them and they obviously wouldn't work. Is that just me? Or did your school also do stupid things without thinking about it? So it's a really cool word, a half baked idea, and basically, just one more time to tell you, you haven't thought the whole thing through. There's a lot of THs in there. You haven't taught the whole thing through. That would be a very, very Irish way of saying it. You haven't thought the whole thing through. When I was a kid, I was never able to pronounce my THs. Thankfully, I've gotten better. (laughs) Anyways, a half-baked idea, a plan you haven't thought through. I just realised I recorded that segment using the laptop microphone, and it probably doesn't sound as crisp or as good as this. Sorry. Sorry. (sighs) apologies for the terrible sound for talking about half-baked idea but I guess my plan was just half-baked alright this one is well let's think about it what are you not so seriously thinking about what are you vaguely thinking about Is there a place where you might go on holidays or vacation? You might not. But maybe you've looked up a hotel or two. Maybe you've looked up a flight. Is there something you really want to suggest to someone, but you're not really sure if you will? Part of you says yes, part of you says no. Can you think of a time in the past when you can remember vaguely thinking about something, so not seriously thinking about it, but it was there, it was was in your head, it was in the back of your mind, and then eventually it came true? Is there anything or anywhere you're thinking of moving to but Not so seriously that you've told people. Not so seriously that your parents or your family are aware. But you may have looked up jobs in this place. You may have looked up opportunities in this place. If you answered yes to any of those, you are toying with an idea. To toy. To toy. T-O-Y. So to toy with an idea. Now we mostly know toy as a toy, the noun. You know, a child's toy or something like that. You know, it's a child's birthday, you give him a toy, like some marijuana or some beer. However, to toy also means to play with something. Like a cat will toy with food. A cat and a mouse, the cat will just swipe at it and torture it, but for the cat it's just toying with food. If one football team is winning by a lot, you could say, oh, Real Madrid are toying with Barcelona. They're five goals up, and they make it look easy. But in this example, it is to toy with an idea. So the examples I've written down here, I'm toying with the idea of moving to Ireland. And that means that you've looked into it. But as I said, in the build-up to this, Not 100% certain, not 100% sure. I'm also toying with the idea of moving to the UK. I'm also toying with the idea of moving to Germany, for example. So to toy with an idea means to think about it, not necessarily 100% seriously, to maybe do a bit of research on it, but again, not 100% sure you're going to do it. And here's some more examples. Number one. I'm toying with the idea of moving to the UK. I'm toying with the idea of moving to the UK. Two. I'm toying with the idea of going to college again. I had a glance at the website. Two. I'm toying with the idea of going to college again. I had a glance at the website. Three. Oh, you know we're toying with the idea of taking a vacation in Hawaii this year. Three. Oh, you know we're toying with the idea of taking a vacation in Hawaii this year. Four. You need to stop toying with the idea and make a goddamn decision. You need to stop toying with the idea and make a goddamn decision. Five, I've been toying with the idea of getting a new job. I redid my resume, but I'm not sure I'll follow through. Five, I've been toying with the idea of getting a new job. I've updated my resume, but I'm not sure if I'll follow through. So folks, there you go, to toy, to toy with an idea. I hope you enjoyed that one. Now, what's next? Okay, my name is Ronan, and I have a very, very rough idea of car maintenance. I am by no means an expert. I have a very rough idea of it. So the background to that example, <clears throat> i if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you probably know I used to work in a car garage. I've had many jobs in my life. I'm a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, in a way. But I have had many jobs, and one of my jobs was in a car uh, auto body shop. And I was a car detailer, which meant I made ugly cars look bloody beautiful. The amount of time that I spent cleaning cars was just ridiculous. And I'm not talking about just a nice polish or something. We're talking these filthy disgusting cars would come to us and it would take maybe two full days of work so 16 or more hours to get this car clean enough to be sold because the cars would come from northern Canada usually used in mines usually used in like on forest service roads or very dusty and dirty roads used for work purposes so there might be food wrappers maybe even food left over we found some nasty shit in those cars that we had to fix and clean So anyways, the car comes to us, we clean it, they fix it, and then we ship it down to the US and sell it. Now, in that time when I was working there, I learned so goddamn much. This is why I have never really turned down a job. I've always accepted jobs for many different fields, fields that are not even related to my career path. Because you never know what you're going to learn. Now, I learned a lot. I learned how to make a car fucking gorgeous I learned how to use all the chemicals when to use them what's the process and honestly you could bring in a piece of shit and we would at least make it look like a million dollars now whatever's under the hood not my job so I have a very good idea of how to clean cars and to make an ugly car look beautiful and what to look out for when looking at new cars But I have a very rough idea of how to actually fix cars. It wasn't my job to fix cars. It was my job to clean cars. And so when I was home in Ireland, and my sister was buying a vehicle, and she wanted me to look at it, and I just said, Eimear, I have such a rough idea of cars. I don't think you want me going there. I know nothing. I know how to clean a car, and I know how to make your car look beautiful, but I know sweet fuck all about the actual mechanics of a car. So I have a very rough idea on car maintenance and, say, what to look for when buying a new car. A very rough idea. But I have a great knowledge and I'm very good at cleaning cars, for example. So to have a rough idea of something just means that you're not fully up to date with it. You're, you don't know it very well. But you know a little bit. You know more than the average person who has never studied it or done it before. But not a lot more. Now, you can use this for skills. You can use this for a subject. You can use this for for virtually anything. I have a rough idea of how to get to Vancouver from Kelowna. I know I have to take Highway 97 and then go on to another highway and something like that. Actually, to be honest, here is just a funny anecdote. The um, given directions in Canada is very easy because the roads are very long. So I remember, I also have done a podcast about this. Go back and listen to it. The Liard Hot Spring podcast. And so we went on a road trip for 20 hours. So 20 hours in the car, I think it was. But that entire road was Highway 97, the entire 20 hours was the same highway. So that highway starts outside my house. And it goes all the way to the top of BC. So when I turned on the GPS in the car, it says, turn right onto Highway 97 and continue for 369 miles, or more even. Continue for three days, for example just a funny one. But I have a rough idea of how to get to a place. I have a rough idea of how to do something. Or I have a rough idea about. That's commonly used in response to something. Oh, I have a rough idea about it. I'm not an expert, but I'll I'll give it a look. So think about it if you're at work and a colleague is asking you for questions and are asking you for advice on something. And they're like, hey, Ronan, what can you tell me about X? Oh, well, I have a rough idea of X. I don't know a huge amount, but I'll see if I can help you. Oh, don't ask me. I only have a rough idea, but ask uh, Michael over there. He's the expert. So to have a rough idea of something. So my name's Ronan. I have a rough idea of many, many things in my life. It's okay though because I'm an expert at teaching English but I have a rough idea of many other things. What about you? Do you have a rough idea of something? Do you have a rough idea of how to do something? Think about something that you're not very good at but you're getting better and you know you, you know more than the average Joe about it. That's what a rough idea of something is. It's a really good one. And here. Bye. And that, people, is the end of this episode of the Little Seal English Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking it out. It's a longer one today, I think. Um, half-baked, to bounce an idea off, to put an idea into a person's head, to have a rough idea of, to toy with an idea, to have a superlative idea or to haven't the foggiest idea. Yeah, lots of lots of different uses for the word idea. So my name is Ronan. I'm a language instructor. Uh, send me a message on Instagram and Telegram. Folks, I mentioned the course I was doing earlier. And just to let you know, it's it's huge. I'm very excited for the future. Like, I'm very optimistic about it, as opposed to the job that I, I enjoy. But I want that freedom. You know, I'm eager for that freedom. So I'm excited to share with you some plans coming up, and to get your feedback on some things. But most of all, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to have a happy time, a safe time, and don't take life too seriously. Bye! Okay, this next part is actually about to bounce an idea off, because I recorded two different parts for it. So we're just going to quickly go over it again with a few different examples. Hope you don't mind. So, this next one really appeals to me right now because recently I invested in myself. I invested in a course to teach me how to sell courses. So, it's a bit of professional development for myself. Now, I have looked at courses like this for quite a while, I'm an English teacher. I'm a language instructor. I'm a materials writer. I'm not a salesperson. I don't have the skills necessary to make sales. It's a brand new game for me. But unless I am happy working in the place I am right now for the rest of my life, I need to do something about it. And I did. So I invested in myself and I started a course. And... Part of this course, like one of the bonuses or extras of it, is the community aspect of it. And I really like the community aspect, which is on Facebook. So there's a private Facebook group that you can go to. And in that community, you can bounce ideas off each other. That's what I really, really like about it. You're able to post a question... And someone else who's either doing the course now or has done the course before can give you advice. You can post a summary of what you're doing. You can post um, updates to your homework or the challenges. And people will generally give you very constructive feedback or very constructive criticism. No one's there to uh, piss you off or to come after you. Everyone's kind of there to help you, to help you Progress, as an online teacher. So in that group, there are many great people that you can bounce an idea off. And these are people who have done it before, as I said, and they'll always be positive. And it got me thinking, who are people in my life that I can bounce an idea off? Who are some people in my life That if I'm thinking about something, and I want reassurance, I want someone else's input on something. Who are those people that I can contact? Because those are going to be very reliable people. You know, if you're going to bounce an idea off someone, you need to know they're reliable, you need to know they're honest, and you need to know that you can absolutely trust them. That's in a serious way. Now, this is also an idiom. By the way, we're talking about the idiom to bounce an idea off someone. I'm sure you've picked up on that by now. If not, cool. Um, You can use this in work. It's a very common business jargon kind of job one. Where it's like, hey, can I bounce an idea or two off you? Generally, an idea or two off you. If you're in the world of business, you might say to your colleagues, yeah, let's bounce ideas off each other over a coffee or a line of cocaine in the bathroom of a dingy bar. So for you, who is a person in your job that if you're confused about something or if you have an idea, you can get them to check it? Who is a person in your job that you regularly bounce ideas off? Who is a person in your job you would never bounce an idea off? Now then, think about your regular life. And if you're not living at home, think back to your hometown. Is there anyone in your hometown that when you were growing up, That was the person to bounce ideas off. They were wise. that, That person had wisdom. That person had great knowledge of everything. And so it made sense to bounce ideas off them. And in your life right now, who's a person you can bounce ideas off? Who's someone that you probably won't bounce an idea off for whatever reason? You know, relate it to your life. I always say it. So to bounce an idea off a person... I hope you understand it by now, but the main meaning of that is to share an idea with a person and they either give you constructive criticism or give you some positive feedback or something like that. You want their input.